Welcome to another episode of Resources for the Road, a podcast from Next Trucking. I'm your host today, Tyler Kern. Thanks so much for joining us for this episode. Today, we are thrilled to welcome on to the show Craig Fuller. He is the CEO and founder of Freight Waves. Craig, thanks for joining us. How are you doing, man? Uh, awesome, Tyler. Great to be here. Well, it's great to have you on. Uh, you and I have talked once before in the past, but thrilled to have you on this show and uh, and on this podcast. And so it's exciting to, to get a chance to talk to you. Craig, for those who may not know uh, who you are or who Freight Waves is, give us a little uh, insight into uh, Freight Waves and how the company came into being. Yeah, so Freight Waves is the largest media and uh, really market level data provider in logistics and supply chains. We track global supply chain uh, data as well as events that happen. And we have journalists uh, around the world that are writing original uh, news and content about uh, those developments. So whether it's a, a news event caused by the, the economy or, you know, uh, geopolitical events, like we have this war, or what's happening in China with lockdowns, or just general uh, things that are happening in the domestic market, our journalists are writing that content and origin uh, oftentimes the original source for providing uh, really a context for people that are in supply chain and what's happening. Yeah, it's a really incredible resource that you've created there at Freight Waves and just uh, amazing information uh, that people are able to gather from uh, from what you're doing there. So, you know, one of the things we wanted to talk about here was uh, the, the 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 trucker bloodbath, as, as they call it. And you guys were on the, the forefront of covering this event uh, the first time around. So how do you define that time frame? Uh, walk us through kind of what happened there and help us understand that particular market crash. Yeah, so the original trucking uh, bloodbath, or when it was originally inferred, was back in 2019. It was really in summer of 2019, and it was a time when the freight market uh, demand uh, had was below the amount of capacity that was in the market. So the economy was slowing down just a bit, and it wasn't a significant slowdown. Most people... If you ask someone on the street whether there was a recession in 2019, most people would look at you very strangely because those days the broader economy did not feel like it was slow. But if you were in trucking and you were in the industrial market, uh, it certainly felt like the economy was slowing down. But we had just experienced in the trucking industry a massive expansion of the total amount of trucks in the market that really took place for about two years. And there was this so many new trucks and drivers that were in the market that entered the market. And because the freight market wasn't growing as fast as the capacity uh, was that was building up is that you all of a sudden had a situation where the, the market slowed down just enough to really cause a situation where trucking spot rates dropped significantly Demand dropped significantly relative to the total amount of trucks in the market. And um, companies that had sort of marginal balance sheets and unit economics really were not able to survive that. So we saw a lot of trucking companies uh, go bankrupt in 2019. And these were, you know, not just small trucking companies. A lot of them were small, but we saw some really big companies uh, the biggest that really took place were companies like New England Motor Freight, which had been around for 100 years. We saw a company that was big into auto called Falcon that filed bankruptcy that year. Uh, and then the biggest bankruptcy in 2019 was a company called Celadon, uh, which was a publicly traded billion-dollar-plus trucking company. It had been around for about 40 years. Uh, it also went under uh, during that period of time. 
So you've been pretty aggressive in terms of talking about the parallels between that time and now. How would you compare what went on then in 2019, like you mentioned, and and the current state of, of the trucking industry? Well, trucking is a, an industry that has these boom and bust cycles. They actually happen quite often. Um, you know, you can have a freight recession and still have a GDP. Uh, the broader economy is still doing well. Um, and that happens more often than what most people think it does. You know, trucking cycles move in about every three years. You have this up and down cycle uh, that happens every three years, um, whereas economic cycles tend to go on much longer, seven to 10 years before you see sort of boom and then recession. And the reason trucking is so volatile is that there are no barriers to entry, is that if you think about what it takes to become to start a trucking company, I need to find a driver and oftentimes it's you know if i'm a an owner oftentimes it's me or or, or the, the guy that owns the truck is also the driver uh and then i need to buy the truck well that's fairly easy to do on a particular used truck uh, and then i need to find someone to finance it if i do those things and go out and get my authority then i can go find freight really through lots of different platforms and it's never been easier to start up as a trucking company because the freight brokers and the platform businesses have made it so that I can get into the business very easily and actually pick from some really high quality freight. And Next Trucking is an example of that, particularly in sort of that international container business, is that they've enabled a lot of small entrepreneurs to enter the market. It really eliminated a lot of the friction. Um, and that's great because it enables me as an owner to get into the market and really easy. The downside of that is it also enables a lot of owners to enter the market. And it's not just the platforms. It's everyone is sort of taking the friction away uh, to get into the market. And what ends up happening is because this market has been so robust over the past two years, and I'm talking now this current situation here in 2022, it's been very robust really since the uh, uh, COVID uh, quarantine started that it's enabled the industry to grow a lot of capacity. Demand has been so high that a lot of new trucking companies have started up and they've entered the industry and many of those will survive. Many of those carriers will do quite well, even in this climate. But some of those carriers, particularly the ones that went beyond a single owner operator uh, entering the market, but maybe they added 50 or 100 trucks because they thought, hey, I can run a big fleet and I can hire a bunch of drivers to work for me. Those are the ones that are probably at the greatest risk is that they uh, have gone well above their ability to run a company at scale and run one well. And they're the ones that are probably most at risk in this climate. You know, you, you talked about the cyclical nature of things and also just the, the the current demand being so high. And if you couple that with pent-up demand at the ports, is there any reason to believe that it won't be continued smooth sailing and rising income for the trucking industry as we move forward? Well, we've already seen a pullback. So we've seen uh, volumes in U.S. trucking contract market drop by uh, at least 15% uh, since uh, really the first week of March. So we've seen a we're already seeing the number of freight transactions in the contract market fall. In the spot market, we've seen spot rates on the U.S. trucking over the road market drop by 30%. So we're seeing really a slowdown in the contract market. We're seeing a slowdown in the spot market. And so there's no reason to believe that the market is going to all of a sudden heat up. This is sort of look at the last week of March. It's usually a really good time for trucking. 
It's when you see high demand. You typically see April sort of start the produce season and sort of this produce expansion and sort of the spring line for retailers. They move away from sort of their winter doldrums uh, after Christmas and sort of things go on sale. And, you know, you're not buying a lot of items. Most people aren't buying a lot of items in sort of the dead of winter. But when the weather starts to heat up in March and April, a lot of the retailers change the inventory to their spring and summer lines. And that creates a lot of trucking demand. And, um, and, and we're not seeing that play out this year. We're seeing a slowdown in volume uh, and a significant slowdown in volume. And that's what's given us a lot of the sort of caution about what could be taking place. Um, it hasn't yet happened. What we're talking about is looking forward and we're looking a quarter or two. So 90 to 180 days out is, is what we think is, is probably likely to happen at this point. In the last couple of years, we've really seen terms like supply chain and logistics go from being kind of niche topics to being things that are more broadly consumed and discussed on the evening news and talked about in, in circles that, that are maybe broader than what they have been in the past. Is that something that you've noticed? And if so, what do you hope that new audiences and new new people that are discussing these topics maybe understand about an industry that, that you know very well? Yeah, I mean, supply chain is everywhere, right? I was uh, at a meeting, uh, the mayor in Chattanooga, Tennessee, had a bunch of executives that they brought in for to meet the mayor, and the mayor was sort of given a state of the city, if you will. And he brought up supply chains three times in a 30-minute conversation. If you think about how remarkable that is. If you go back two years ago, no one was talking supply chain. I bet if you took all of the minutes from a mayor's conference in history, they probably never mentioned the word supply chain once. And yet in this 30 minute meeting, it got brought up three different times and it gets brought up constantly. If you look at earnings calls of publicly traded companies and any sector supply chain, the conversation is the most commonly uh, a co most common term in terms of non-financial metrics, but talking about operations, it's become the most viable term in terms of growth of the number of mentions. It is now in the public consciousness and on all of the major news outlets, as well as in business and boardrooms. And I think it's a really important time for us. And I, and I think it's an important time for a lot of reasons, but most importantly, it means that supply chain is getting a lot of attention that it never got before. It always deserved to get attention. If you think about the success of businesses, the success of businesses is almost entirely based on whether they can provide products to customers when they want them. It's all about timing when those products are available so they can accept orders. And it used to be, if we think about the internet age, about how do you accept an order and how do you develop payment? And that user experience was really important. And companies invested a lot of energy in thinking about how to get you to buy the products that you want when you wanted them. A lot of that is sort of table stakes today. And most companies have figured out how to streamline the ordering checkout process. And there will always be small innovations that happen there. The part that was thought about very little historically was how does that product get fulfilled and delivered to the customer? And it used to be that you put it on, you'd order it and go onto a UPS truck or onto a FedEx truck and it would show up at your house in a couple of days. And that was about the extent that the e-commerce company would sort of take, take, take care of it. They didn't think about how it moved or what it did. They just turned over the order to a parcel company. What's happened is that that actually puts companies at a pretty tremendous disadvantage because 
the customer relationship, particularly in e-commerce, is often between the customer receiving the item and the experience they get post-sell. So when that item is shipped or that item is ordered and it goes to a fulfillment center, we as consumers expect to be able to track it and trace it and be able to get updates if there's a delay. And we expect it to show up intact in this really nice, pretty box. And the experience is often after the order has taken place. That's how we think of it. And when there have been disruptions over the past two years that we've experienced as consumers, we sort of, in the early days of COVID, sort of just dealt with it. It was sort of a cost of sort of living with this new world order. We as consumers are no longer tolerant to those disruptions. And we're demanding that the companies that we do business with operate the supply chain the way Amazon operates their supply chain, which is sort of disingenuous to how sophisticated and the amount of money that Amazon has built in their supply chain. But we expect the same experience and maybe even better than we get out of Amazon. We expect that everybody's playing under the same rules. And so businesses broadly have had to make significant investments just to compete on a level playing field with the best of the best. And the experience we get as consumers is entirely based on whether or not that that experience post-sell lives up to my expectations of what a company is capable of. What sorts of things are you keeping an eye on for 2020 as you look forward to the rest of the year? Are there any stories, anything that, that you're keeping an eye on that you think other people need to need to be following? Well, in 2022, I, I think what we're keeping an eye on is just the economics of the market. We know that inventories are at record levels. I think that surprises a lot of people is how fast inventories have been built. If you take the automotive sector out of those inventory numbers, it's actually at record record highs. So we're looking at inventories. Um, I think the situation in China uh, of locking down the really the Chinese lockdowns are are certainly um, going to create some. Uh, issues in terms of domestic supply chains because so much of the world's product comes from China. You know, 40% of the GDP of China is currently under lockdown. And what's pretty remarkable about that is if you did the 40% of the United States GDP and you put it in lockdown, only about a third of that would be related to physical goods. But when you do it in China, we're talking 80 to 90% of that is all in physical goods, manufacturing, fulfillment. So it's really concerning for global supply chains. So I think we're going to see a pretty tremendous whiplash. I think it's going to get really slow. So we talk about the trucking bankruptcies and bloodbath is in the summer because the ships are not going to bring as much product over uh, into the U.S. ports. It's going to feel really, really slow this summer for a lot of trucking companies. That's when it's going to feel really dire. Like we said, that's where the quote unquote bloodbath could happen. Uh, so as an operator, if I run a trucking business, I want to watch my costs. I want to look at everything that I'm spending money on. I want to know what those costs are. Uh, and I want to make sure that I'm, I'm moving the trucks into areas where I can guarantee that I get freight. And then as it relates to uh, sort of what happens from a, a, a the broader market standpoint is when the market sort of turns, when China sort of resumes its, uh, uh, turns the economy sort of back towards a, a production environment, then I think when that happens, we could see an onslaught of containers come through our ports and it's going to feel very opposite of what I've just described. And, and so as a company that sort of lives through that, if I'm, an, if I'm an operator and a trucking operator, I want to make sure that I am in a position that I don't expand my fleet aggressively right now. 
I manage my cost. I put my trucks in areas where I can get loaded so that I can be there when it gets really good again, which it could sometime in the fall as those products start to flow back into the United States. Craig, we finish every show by asking the same question. You know, what's one piece of advice you'd offer to a small trucking company? So what advice do you have? What, what, what advice would you offer truckers? Know your cost. I mean, that is the most important thing uh, is oftentimes trucking uh, companies and owners don't know their cost. They, they may know what it costs to fuel up their truck and they may know what it costs to pay a driver, but they don't think about what it costs to keep the truck running, to maintain the truck, the insurance, cost of the equipment. You need to know what your fixed costs are and what your variable costs are. And so if those terms don't mean anything to you as an operator, you need to become really familiar with it. Fixed cost is basically what does it cost to own a truck? What are you paying out per month to your finance company because you bought the truck and you own it? What is your cost in insurance? What's that bill look like each month or each year? And what is your maintenance expenses? Tracking those and knowing those is going to be really important. Those are your fixed costs. Your variable costs are going to be your driver's salaries and benefits. Uh, and it's going to be your fuel cost. And you want to know those. Absolutely. Absolutely. Excellent stuff. Craig Fuller, CEO and founder at Freight Waves. Craig, thank you so much for joining us here on the podcast today, uh, sharing your thoughts and your insights and expertise. Freightwaves.com is the website. You should go there, get more information on logistics, on supply chain, on all those things in the industry. Uh, Craig has you covered there on Freightwaves.com, so you want to head there today. And everyone, thank you for tuning into this episode of Resources for the Road, a podcast brought to you by Next Trucking. We appreciate it very much. Of course, for more, visit Next Trucking's website, or of course, you can subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify to stay up to date with the latest. We'll be back soon with new episodes of the show, but for Craig Fuller, I'm Tyler Kern. We'll talk to you again soon. Thank you